Hi everyone, Edna Kimball, Edna Sells, Century 21 Wright Real Estate, and welcome to today's podcast. Now today we are talking about investing, and today we have a special treat for you. One of my favorite young investors, really, really young investors is here to join us. This is Addison Allison. Hello. Addison, thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Okay, so service providers, um, you know somebody who is available today, should your investor or your local homeowner give them a call? Not always. Um, things are definitely urgent in some circumstances, but you want to make sure that they're a reliable person and that they're going to do a job because if you have to call somebody two days later again, what was the point in having them come out the first time? <laughs> Absolutely. And if they're available today, there might be a reason why they're available today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so anything that um, a local investor or homeowner should do, so like let's say that their their friend from college recommends, you know, Harry Smith, uh, before calling Harry Smith, anything that they should do to verify this person? Yeah, I think just your basic research of Googling them, seeing if they have a website, seeing if they have reviews, looking on if they have a Facebook page, if people have tagged them in some of the work. I mean, just doing your research like you do for a restaurant or anywhere else you want to go. Absolutely. So getting some some real, true referrals mm -hmm. to make sure that it, it worked. And, and I do recommend not necessarily doing that on social media sites because some individuals will ask me, hey, how did this person do for you? in a public forum, I'm not going to trash a local person yeah. in a public forum, so I may not be as honest with you um, as if you got me on the phone and I was able to say, well, you know, it, it took about four times longer than what he said and cost three times more. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I would recommend that you go to a free website, ODRC, Oklahoma Record Departments of Records, I don't know, check it, look it up. It's, we'll put it in the link below. Marcus, will you do that for me? Um, and basically you can see if they have been sued repetitively. Now I will tell you, anyone who's been in any industry uh, for 20 plus years is going to eventually get sued, but has every single client over the past three years sued them? That's what yeah. you want to. That's what you want to be on the lookout for. You also want to see what, um, unfortunately, what their criminal record is, which would show up on there also, because you may be leaving them alone with your valuables. So just be aware of that and check that out. Again, you know, not not saying you should or shouldn't hire them, but just make sure that you do your own research and kind of know where you're going with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Um, so that's probably the biggest challenge as an investor is finding service people. I I would say so, honestly, because okay. I mean, problems are going to happen. Those are inevitable. So you can't really say that's your biggest problem is having problems. It just happens. So yeah, finding people to take care of those. Okay, <laughs> challenges, knowing how to do it. And so then as far as the financing, because you've got several different styles of financing going on. Did you just hop online and find an out-of-state lender online or? Yeah, no. So <laughs> you definitely want to make good connections with local banks, local lenders. Um, they're, they're for you. They're for the community. They're both my husband and I are technically self-employed. So they're, you know, like they want to help you in your business and 
and it's just the whole community aspect and they also have a lot more um from what i've experienced a lot more opportunities and programs and things that they can do for you rather than someone online who has to stick by this guidebook and doesn't have any flexibility yeah and i would say for an investor an online lender is pretty much going to leave you hanging in the 11th hour every single time because there's way too many parameters and they don't they're not set up to work with investors they're really set up for 30-year standard mortgages so yeah. shop local when it comes to your to your lender definitely yeah, yeah. um any hiccups with appraisals on any of these um yes there was one the home that we purchased to move into our second one they it had been completely remodeled and so there was a flip rule on it where we actually had to have two appraisals done um we didn't know about this until later and so we had to extend and everything like that but i think that was the only hiccup that we had okay so um but other than that one hiccup every single close date is absolute definitive no and that <laughs> that's kind of a funny thing especially being in real estate of course i see it with my clients every day but i'm like if it's happening to a realtor if i can't even close my own file on time then that just means things happen that are out of everyone's control there are so many pieces to a transaction so many different people that I, I don't have control over all of the people and so if sometimes my own contracts have to extend the, it just is what it is <laughs> like and, and listen it really truly it's some of the most bizarre things on one of her properties we ended up having three different appraisers the first appraiser yeah. there was a horrible situation with a family illness after he went to the property he was not able to finish it um, the second appraiser, his contract was canceled with the local bank that he was working with. Um, and each one of these things caused delays and caused a lot of heartburn for, for both parties. Um, and so you have to realize that, again, investment is always a risk and you can't tie the closing date to a monetary value, such I would never recommend that you allow someone to sign a contract for a move-in date on an investment property, whether it be short-term or long-term rental, because you may not be able to actually commit to that. Yeah, and, and even scheduling your workers, you know, if you're gonna have to remodel and stuff, just that's something to really be mindful of because even last minute things can, can change <laughs> <laughs> and, and they do those final walkthroughs oh okay um and then because you were buying investment properties um and they were unique investment properties in a lot of situations um what did the final walkthrough process look like did you just like they had them spit shined and carpet shampooed and and all of that uh-huh yeah um one house we purchased had a lot a lot of stuff um, so we rented several dumpsters for that. Um, and then this this one here at the lake that we just did, we know that we're going to be renting a couple dumpsters for it. And yeah, as an investor, you're not really looking at just bam, move in ready. They're most of what are the good opportunities and things that will make sense for you in the long run are going to take some some work in the beginning for sure. Yeah, and so it's a weird thing, but it's actually she is purchasing her equity 
um, or building her equity, I think is probably more appropriate, and it's sweat equity. Um, and that is, uh, they purchased one of the homes where the homeowner had lost a spouse and just wanted to be done. Um, and the homeowner literally took maybe two suitcases and walked out of the property and they had lived there for about, was it 18 years or yes. something? Yeah, it was a long, long time. And, um, and so Addison and her husband took on the clean out of that property and this was not, they did not inherit a ton of high-end expensive furniture and everything. Um, yeah. This this was a lower a lower valued home, you know, yeah. item. And and then the family had come in and taken all of the things of value. Yeah, actually. that's so, usually how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So, so purchasing a home and knowing that you're going to have to put in some sweat equity is also a great way to get a good deal on a property, especially yeah. when you're competing, you know, uh, bids. So. Yeah, yeah, putting that in the contract that we'll take it as is, where is, where is means everything that you want to leave, we'll deal with it, um, as is, of course, you know, repairs, things like that, and so that can give you that for hand. So then, um, so now we're, we have a long-term rental, we have two Airbnbs, and we have the personal residence. So you just have this big pile of money that you go to to pay for your down payment? Is that like you yeah, just usually? <laughs> you won the lottery? Yeah. No, uh, so since our first home was paid off, we actually did an e-lock on it. Okay. Um, so I want everybody to grab your pen and paper and make sure you're taking notes, guys. This is a 23-year-old who has figured out the best way to house hack. Okay, <laughs> Addison, so, explain what a HELOC is. So a HELOC is a home equity line of credit. And what they did is they went and they appraised that home um, during a wonderful market. Um, so we had gained a ton of equity in it and they can loan you 80% um, of that. And you can use it just like cash. You only pay back what you take out and so we were able to use those funds for our down payments on these houses, for repairs on these houses. That's kind of been our, our money pit. Um, and of course we'll pay all of that back, but, but yeah, it's, that's how we've done it. <laughs> okay, money pit in the best sense. It's just a pit of money that she can pull money out of. Um, and so a HELOC, the, the purpose at the time when you were paying off that home, did you know you were going to use it that way? No. No, absolutely not. Um, but there is a huge benefit to paying your home off in advance and then using the HELOC. Um, any idea as far as like interest rate on a HELOC compared to a 30-year mortgage or any comparisons? I'm not for sure about the rate because rates have changed so much yeah, <laughs> since no, we did. But with the HELOC, you actually don't have your monthly payment that you do on that is just interest. So you don't even have to pay any principal if, you know, like we weren't getting any cash flow out of out of one home because we spent months remodeling it. And so we could just pay the interest until we did start making money and then start putting it towards principal. So it's just a very flex, I mean, just super flexible and all all the way around because like I said, you only pay on what you pull out. So if you don't use all of it, you don't have to pay it. I, I mean, it's... Okay. And so I want to talk some numbers here. Let's say that, um, and I'm just throwing some numbers out there. Let's say that um, the first home that Addison purchased, she paid $50,000 for. She paid it off in a year. And then 
during the second year when the prices went crazy, she was able to get a HELOC or a home equity line of credit out of it at 80,000 because the value had doubled to 100,000. Now again, these are not exact numbers. This is just to give you an idea. So now Addison has a money pit, is there, let's call it a money purse of 80,000 that she can reach into. And are you required to use that 80,000 on one other property? No. You can so use it you can to get use your it. hair done, but yeah, you shouldn't. Don't do that. But don't you, do that. I mean, yeah. it's just cash available, and it doesn't matter how much. Like I said, if you needed a hundred dollars in parts from Lowe's, or if you need twenty thousand for another down payment on another property, you go there and you get a check, and they, I mean, it's okay. And so. Um, Basically, what she did was she did the HELOC on the first home, then she utilized that as a down payment on the second investment property, yeah. not her personal. Um, and then for the third property, are you utilizing some of that money also? Yeah, the third property, yeah. we're as, still using as a down that payment. HELOC. So, um, so guys, a HELOC, Home Equity Line of Credit. Now, how did you... Um, find out about the home equity line of credit. Just your bank. Edna told me. Ah! And it doesn't, your home doesn't have to be paid off completely for you to do it. Very if, good. Yeah, yeah, you can, as long as you have really any amount of equity in it, you can utilize that. And so if you wanted to make some upgrades to your home, I mean, just all. It's a great way. We do have a lot of clients who want to do a swimming pool or a storm cellar. And that is where I, I recommend as you go check out with your local lender, yes. small local bank, um, to do a HELOC. And again, you utilized local lenders or just small lenders? Um, yeah, we just utilized local. Okay, okay, perfect. So, um, okay, so we've got a, we've got Airbnbs, we've got long-term rentals. So, so what is the difference between a short-term rental and a long-term rental in case they're not familiar with it? An STR is a short-term rental. LTR long-term rental? I would say the main differences are of course the time that they're staying there so typically long-term you're going to be six months to a year plus. Um, Short-term make like a month at the max um, and we really didn't see that until recently with nurses and COVID and all the craziness but um, and then of course with a short-term rental you're going to supply all the furniture all the cookware towels just everything that they would need to live there you're paying the utilities on it um you're mowing the lawn you're mowing the lawn you're maintaining it you're cleaning it when they leave <laughs> all of that good stuff um and then a long-term rental kind of up to them if there's any significant repairs then you know their ac goes out or something like that you make those but they furnish it, they clean it, they do their lawn, they do their utilities, so. Okay, and which do you see yourself leaning more toward one or the other as we move forward in your investment portfolio? Um, I don't know, I like the Airbnbs. She just likes the decor. I like, <laughs> I like all of it, yeah, like you can do the funkiest stuff that I would never do in my own house. There you go, there so. you go, so that's kind of fun. So, yeah. Okay, so Airbnb, short-term rental, long-term rental, um, some vacant land that you have, you know, so one of those was kind of a split. Um, I also, because we are talking to anyone thinking about investing, always be mindful of the fact that if you are buying a home on acreage, where does that home sit? Because that might be a good um, 
opportunity to split off the home and small acreage and then sell the remaining or keep the acreage and sell off the small home. You, as a potential investor, you really have to look at it from all angles um, because when she purchased this home, the small home on the larger acreage, um, she could have, in fact, I offered, uh, she could have easily have sold the small home and the small acreage off the front. And kept yeah, that. it's yeah. separated pretty well. And yeah, but that's the whole point of investing is all of your opportunities. What do those look like and where can you go with them? So I think that's really important. So what other investments should we be looking at? Are you doing anything else in, in the market that um, we should be aware of? I would, I, it's hard for me to say this is a good idea because I haven't done it, but duplexes, anything like that, any multifamily are definitely a great opportunity. Um, we don't have a ton of those in our area. Right. Um, I've sold a few to some, some investor clients, but um, I don't have any of those, but I would love to. So <laughs> I, I would say definitely keep your eye out for those. Okay. And if you're a first time buyer or you don't currently own a home or you own a home, you'd be willing to sell. If you see, if you're, if you find out about a duplex, you can actually do a wonderful house hack. The FHA loan and the VA loan will allow you to purchase a duplex as long as you are going to live in one of the units as your primary. You can actually go up to a fourplex, which we don't really have those in our market. I think in 20 years I've seen maybe two. Yeah. So a, a, a duplex, a triplex, or a fourplex would work for an FHA or a VA um, buyer. So if that's something that you have any interest in, reach out. Um, and we do think, I mean, obviously we want you to work with Addison or myself, um, but if for some reason we're not your flavor, then make sure that you get with a, a realtor that is savvy about investment. Because if you're just thinking that you're buying a property and it's all going to work out, I think we've seen that there's a lot of things that can go wrong between um, the purchase and the closing and then actually being able to make money on it in cash flow. So Addison, as these properties are cash flowing and all of that, what do you do with the money? You just go on random vacations and buy fabulous things or? Um, we're pretty much just trying to set ourselves up to buy another one. So, um, you know, whatever that looks like, at, just saving it or putting it towards your current, you know, the mortgage that you have on that property. So, yeah. So, can it pay something else off or Pay something off so you yes. can buy something else. Yeah. But also keep in mind that you do want to have that safety net so that if something goes weird or wonky with the with the market, um, then you could potentially be on the hook for those monthly payments. Um, Airbnb has been a really solid platform during the pandemic. We still have people, tenants, you know, renting, but I always want investors to go in and, and just be mindful of the fact that you do need to not spend every penny that cash flows um, so that you have a good safety net. And I typically will recommend you want to have, if you can, you want to have about 15 to 25,000 per property set aside. Now, that's not going to happen overnight um, and it might not even happen the first year, but you want to build that up because if something happened and you needed a new roof, new heat and air unit, um, you know, whatever, um, it's it's my it's really important to be mindful. Also, I want to say on the short-term rentals, Addison, have you had any issues with the zoning? Because our zoning has changed 
drastically. Um, my my Airbnb is outside of city limits, so how smart. Okay. And the next one we just bought is out of the lake, so it doesn't it doesn't have any restrictions or anything there okay. either. But make sure that you're mindful of that if you are purchasing properties. What is the zoning and what could change? Because even if you're cash flowing, if your ordinances change and you're no longer allowed to utilize that as an Airbnb, then again, it could really affect those monthly payments and what you've uh, committed yourself to. Yeah. yeah. And then like with COVID, we saw uh, protection against tenants where they, or Yes. Yeah, where they didn't have to make house yeah. monthly rental monthly payments. payments. Yeah. So and so, who makes those payments then? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you That's your name still on the house. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So, anything else? I know we've covered a a plethora of items here, but guys, as investors, you do have to be mindful of all of these different options, and don't get into an over analysis paralysis um, if you're not sure reach out, give Addison a call and she can kind of direct you. But what other what other things should investors be mindful of? Any any hints or tips or something that I haven't covered? I think just long term, you have to think long term, um, especially in this market that we've been in where prices were higher than normal. Um, you're it's just going to work out in the long term. It really will. Um, and also just you you can do it like it's not i mean if i can figure it out this age you you totally can and if no one around you has ever owned a home and even lived in it and you think there's no way i could have investment properties like you totally can and it's it'll just happen when you're working for it because you don't have to know all the answers right off the bat this this conversation is way more than i ever knew probably before I bought my first investment property. <laughs> and so so this is already you're ahead of the game if you've watched this, but like you you can just do it. It's so there's so many opportunities and options and it doesn't matter what your background is. You you can be where you want to be. So so guys, I want to, again, thank you, Addison, so much for coming on and being willing to share all of your personal details and information. <laughs> I think that's amazing. But what I really um, hope came through on this is just her passion for the young investor. And when I say young, I don't mean age-wise, but just being a new investor. Um, but also, if you've been investing for a while and some of these terms are new to you, um, please understand that she really truly has a genuine heart for helping other people. She's not worried that there's going to be too many Airbnbs. She's not worried that there's too many long-term rentals. Um, I, I think sometimes people say that to me. It's like, why do you keep telling people about this stuff? And I'm like, because it's fantastic. You know, I think it's just great and wonderful for everyone. But she, she has a true genuine heart. Um, coming from a place of service because we do feel like those of us who do well in this job are it's because we're helping other people do well yeah right so yeah so if you have any investment questions please reach out to Addison we're going to put her bio in the link so you'll be able to find her um but and and I think we ran over so this is going to be definitely a two-part <laughs> but there's so much information we may have her back once again to kind of dig in a little bit deeper uh once she's had a little bit more time yeah. on the Airbnbs does that sound good yeah 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 I think you're gonna get a lot of calls on the HELOC 
Hopefully. It's yeah, amazing. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, Addison is on the sales team, which collaborates with Edna Sales. And fortunately, I get to be her mentor in all things real estate. Um, and again, this is a podcast regarding all things real estate. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to hearing your questions regarding investments. Thank you, Addison. Thank you. Bye, everyone.